1: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
2: good morning to you welcome to the huddle it is 1008 on this sunday morning welcome in to the huddle where if you're coming to my super bowl party you better come hungry I'm having a spread. I I am having a spread. Do you know I once went to a Super Bowl party a long time ago that was so bad they didn't even have food? I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. There's a lot to consider when you consider Super Bowl parties. And we went to this party. We showed up. There's not a lot of seats. There's not enough seating. Now, the television was huge, which is a first check mark, right? You got to have that. But they the seating was not enough. They had one bowl of, like, meatballs or something and uh it was it was yeah uh, they tried and i appreciated the invite it was one of the few times that i've gone to a super bowl party because normally pete i'm working on sundays but now uh, my work is just in the morning which is great from 10 uh 10 to noon today on the huddle with my good friend Ooh. Pete Nigerian. super bowl sunday is here pete it's probably so so i'm gonna it's it's two-parter for me here right it's my favorite day of football season but that being said I've long felt like the Super Bowl is the most overrated game of the year. Parti- <laughs> partially because no game can live up to the hype of two weeks of preparation and and storylines and all this stuff. partially because sometimes I, and I would even venture to say more at least in the last decade to 15 years, more often than not that game the game's a blowout. you know mm-hmm. last year was a three-point game, but more often than not it's a, it's like more of a touchdown game. Then you either have a quarterback winning the MVP or, or, or a bit player who maybe is the third wide receiver or, or a defensive back or something that has a phenomenal game. And we'll talk about, you know, the offensive, defensive. I, I think the MVP should go to a split for the Super Bowl. So we have one offensive, one defensive, but I've often thought that as much as I love, and I love Super Bowl Sunday, second favorite holiday behind Thanksgiving for me. You can connect the dots. I love eating, especially on holidays. <laughs> so it's my, my favorite day of the NFL season, but also to me the most overrated day of the football season. Good morning, Pete.
3: Good morning. I, you know what? I understand what you're saying, but I think you have to look at it from a different perspective of the entirety of the day, which I, what I mean by that is it is not really about just the football game. You know, in, in other sports, I think it is. You know, but with, with it, when it's the Super Bowl – we're talking about, well, you've got a commercial that's going to cost how many million dollars for 30 seconds? <laughs> I mean, yep. you know. So it's, it's the commercials. It's everything that goes into it. It's, you know, it, it's, it's the singing of the National Anthem. All of those things, the halftime, all of it, I think it, it is an amazing day. And like you, it's one of my very favorite days. I love to, I love to sit down. And when you do get the right game, though, it is one for the, you know, the greatest memories ever. I mean, I go back, I think I think my favorite one yeah. that I ever recall was the New England Patriots coming back against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I say that because two very good teams, but New England was supposed to be, you know, pretty dominant, and they were down 21-3 at halftime. So, you, you know, you just you start packing things up and saying, all right, you know, let's let's grab some more hot dogs and let's have another beer or whatever. And, and, and we're going to, you know, maybe, maybe try to enjoy the second half, but this looks pretty ugly until it didn't. And then suddenly the second half was all the Patriots going to overtime. and just amazing. So I think there's those kinds of games, I think, do come up here and there. And like you said, last year's game, pretty good game, three-point game. So it wasn't a blowout. And so that's kind of what you're looking for. But you're right. There are a lot of times where with all the hype from the whole week and everything that's going on, and then the game, unfortunately, isn't much of a game at all. That does get a little bit depressing, but that's when you really look forward to all those other crazy things like the commercials and everything else that make it so much fun.
2: I love that you bring up this topic, and, it, and it's, as you and I usually do, text and email on Sunday mornings, that we both came up mm-hmm. with the same question for today, which I loved, uh, which is, uh, and we'll ask uh, you, our listeners, this morning. You can um, hit us up on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651 461 Or you can find Peter. I also, on Twitter, of course, uh, what was the best Super Bowl ever and why? And I yeah. I, I got to thinking about this, Pete. I, it was probably last night or maybe a, a couple nights ago. Was, and, and I thought, what was my favorite Super Bowl? And, I, mm-hmm. and the natural choice, one of the cool choices for me was when the Super Bowl was here. I got to work yeah. at the Super Bowl. That was a lot of fun. It was a great Super Bowl. You know, Nick mm-hmm. Foles was, was masterful. <laughs> Nick Foles. <laughs> a Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl uh, MVP, by the way, Nick Foles. Um, and where's he been since? Um, you know, wins here. It's a great game. It's a fun game. Um, but I, I was thinking and thinking and thinking. And I'm going back and back and back. And in terms of, and I, I, I was a child. I was probably, I think I was 10 years old. Super Bowl was this 23, January 22nd, mm-hmm. 1989. And, and the reason why, it was one of my favorites it was one, the 49ers were unbelievable in the late eighties, yeah. right? They had Joe mm-hmm. Montana. They had, uh, they had Jerry Rice. Um, yeah. they had Roger Craig, Ronnie Lott. I mean, just what a team that was. But
0: mm-hmm. it was
2: the team on the other side that I loved so much. The Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> and, and there was, <laughs> it's very silly. I loved Icky Woods and I couldn't yeah. tell you how many seasons. He was really very good. I think it was as short as a lot of running backs were at that time—a very short time span. But mm-hmm. Icky Woods, to me, was the coolest running back in the game in '88, '89. You had the Icky Shuffle. He was just this. I was watching some videos, and like you look at his mechanics, and my goodness, mm-hmm. he was all over the place. I mean, the guy was just a machine—not not technically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But but he was fun to watch, and and I that was my I go back to that, and maybe it was because, you know, I'm 10 years old. That's probably one of the first Super Bowls that I really got into the seasons, and really my love for football uh, started sure. to come about. But Icky Woods and the Icky yeah. Shuffle and the eight, and 1989 Super Bowl was so much fun, and it was close. You know, it was it was close. Yeah. It was 20 to 16. Niners won it late, I believe. But that was a fun one for me. I, I loved that Super Bowl. So as, as we go out through the show here today, and we have some really great guests as well, uh, most, most notably here coming up in our next, uh, in our next segment, Ray Hitchcock, Pete, who you know well, uh, I'd love to know what his favorite Super Bowl was. I have a feeling I know which one it is. And I would also (laughs) love to know, yeah, I know which one it is, right? The one he was in, but I, I, we'd also like to know out there, what was your favorite Super Bowl? What was your favorite Mm -hmm. Super Bowl and why? Six five one four six one nine two two six. It's the city's one plumbing talking text line. Pete, do you remember that Super Bowl eighty
3: nine? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was playing at the time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and
2: yep. uh, re- remember all this stuff so well.
3: And it's great. And and Ray, one of the great guys of all time. I'll tell you, just uh, so much fun. But I, I, I'm I'm thinking of your, your Super Bowl and your age. Just shows you how old I am because. I was <laughs> – I was about the same age, except for mine was the 1977 game. It was okay. at the Rose Bowl. It was the Vikings and Raiders. And, and it was a terrible game. But but <laughs> because I was a huge Vikings fan, you know, I was a young yeah. kid. We had moved from California to Minnesota. And so we had some ties with the Raiders. And I, I went with my dad. My dad, of all the people in the family, not my mom, not my other brothers, but he brought me, which was just because he knew how much I loved football. And, yeah. you know, I, I looked back real quick. And how about this for, for a team with the with the Oakland Raiders? So you had Madden and Stabler and Branch and Casper and Bolitnikoff and Shell and Upshaw, wow. Matusak, Hendricks. I mean, it, the list goes on. It, it was one of the great, you know, teams ever probably put together. And they absolutely crushed the Vikings, unfortunately, for all of us. And they ran the ball. It wasn't... It wasn't Stabler throwing the ball. They ran the ball 52 times for 266 yards on the Purple People Eaters. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So it wasn't the greatest game. It wasn't the team necessarily that I wanted to win to, that, that won. But, you know, being in the Rose Bowl and, and that being the Super Bowl year, it was just absolutely incredible and uh, just an experience that I'll never forget that I had to do with my dad. It was
2: great. So, 77, how much yeah. was a ticket to the Super Bowl then? God, Do you that's remember? A good
3: question. It was probably a huge number, like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean,
2: I can't even imagine. What, what, I'm looking right now really quick how much it cost you to get in the door this year for the oh, Super Bowl. the year, I say, can
3: tell you, it, it's in the thousands.
2: Yeah, twenty uh, two thousand nine twenty seven right now on yeah, on the the game time app. So, for a small <laughs> nominal fee of 3 grand you can get in and watch the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs. But maybe the beer's cheap because they already got their money uh from nope. you on the way in. In the door probably <laughs> not, a, not, right? Not a All chance. right, so we'll have yeah, we have Ray Hitchcock coming up at 10:20. Also, today we will talk about some Super Bowl prop bets. Adam Thielen, uh, the possibility of him restructuring his deal. And the Minnesota Wild with a much-needed win last night. and How crucial this month is. Uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press beat writer Dane Mituzani joins us at 11 20. We have all that and more. Thanks for joining us this morning on The Huddle. You're listening to Newstalk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to The Huddle. 10-21 on this Sunday morning. Dave Schwartz along with Pete Nigerian Great to have you with us this morning on 830 WCCO. Our first guest this morning is... A former NFLer, Saint Paul native, played in the Super Bowl as well. Ray Hitchcock joins us this morning. Morning, Ray. Guys. Good morning to you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this morning. With which Super Bowl? What was it in eighty? Is it eighty? It was in eighty-eight, right? Is that yeah? The one it, was the, it
4: was the it was thirty-first of um, the January of nineteen eighty-eight.
2: So, of, of all the pomp, all the circumstance, everything that get, that that is around the Super Bowl, when you think back to it what is the first memory of a super bowl experience from a player's perspective what what sticks out to you
4: well you know there's so much going on that week i was actually I had, prior to playing the vikings in the nfc championship i had a, a knee reconstructed i had blew out my acl mm. and so getting ready was was pretty easy for me i was on crutches watching <laughs> and um but just the overall experience, the, the one thing that stands out the most is the experience of meeting Mr. and Mrs. Reagan uh, at the White House in a, in a uh, Rose Guard ceremony. Uh, that was really a special time. Uh, my wife, at the t- uh, girlfriend at the time, but wife now, was with me, and uh, we shared that experience. And it, just the overall parade down Washington, Constitution Avenue, and so much uh, stuff to do after that was, was quite a, quite a spectacle.
3: And, Ray, it was a special uh, game when you really think about things, right? Because, you know, you're playing at the Murph. You've got Joe Gibbs, one of the great coaches of all time. And then, uh, of course, your quarterback,
1: you know, William. Doug Williams.
3: <laughs> so t- tell us a little bit about that. and Could you see the confidence that he had, that he looked like he had during the Super Bowl?
4: Yeah, I could, uh Peter just because, you know, we we spotted him ten points uh, to get uh, to get the game going and ended up winning forty two to ten. So in uh answer to Dave's question, which is my favorite Super Bowl, obviously it would be the the one I was involved in and, and <laughs> very uh very special day. He was such a great leader. You know, our season started with uh Jay Schrader, who was um our starting quarterback probably through about week eight and then Dave uh Doug Williams took over the 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 huddle and really just did outstanding job to get to that game we had to go to Chicago because we did not have home field advantage and then we were fortunate to host the NFC championship game against the Vikings which we won and obviously move forward uh, from there so uh, just a great season Doug Williams is a great player great man and uh, a great leader of our football team
2: Ray Hitchcock joining us this morning on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text line. Uh, you brought up Doug Williams. I, I had a chance to cover Doug Williams when he was the head coach at Grambling down in Louisiana, and, and okay. he was by far the most entertaining coach uh, to, to sit and chat with. Not just because he knew football, but because but he was hilarious. But he he had this confidence and swagger about him that I felt like you instantly got in the room. And I'm wondering, when he was a player, did he have that? I, I would. I feel like. If you're an NFL quarterback, especially one that didn't start the season, you have to have that chip on your shoulder. Did did he possess that quality when he was a player?
4: You know, I think he did. And, and coming out of those games, um, years in Tampa when the you know the team wasn't very good and had uh, just a terrible offensive line down there, he inherited a great group in Washington, and uh, you know certainly was a great leader for us, and uh, just an absolute missile on his shoulder. He could throw it halfway down the field. And, <laughs> uh, just quite a leader for us.
3: Ray, how about the idea that you guys go into that game, the Denver Broncos, and, and, and tell me why is it that it felt like you guys had such a dominating game to win that football game the way you did? 42-10, to 10. I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah, uh, it was not close. What was it about that
4: team? Well, I think the offensive line... And it was a group, uh, Peter, that had, um, you know, they went to um, a Super Bowl in 82, beat the Dolphins, and then came back and lost to the Raiders uh, the following year. And so this was a veteran group that certainly could, that played very well when they got, uh, when we got out to San Diego. And a confident group, very good on defense, uh, a staff that was together a long time. And uh, just a, just a, a great day for for Washington football.
2: Hey Ray, I, I was as I was kind of researching this, and just correct me if I'm wrong here, but was this the same season that the, that there was mid a mid season strike?
4: It was early, early in the it was season. Early, yeah, I think earlier we, in the we, season we went on, yep, and got that so, resolved and then moved forward on onto the season. And we had um, a, a decent season. I think we were ten and four, or ten and twelve mm-hmm. and four, something like that and uh, but we did not have home field advantage because chicago yeah. was a great team and we had to go there to win and it was actually walter payton's last game mm-hmm. in chicago so yeah. kind of a unique uh, story towards that
2: when when you come out of that 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 you know you you have the labor dispute comes back together did, did that galvanize the group? Did, did you guys as a team were you, were you a little click were you more clicked together uh, after all of that?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think the, it was a veteran group of guys, uh, guys like Dave Butts and a sad you know, this offseason, you know we lost Dave uh, mm-hmm. recently he passed, but um, we had Art Monk and, and Doug Williams and the, and the leadership on the team really kept everything together and that, uh, that's kind of how it was directed throughout the strike.
3: And I will say this, there, was, uh, there were some great players on the defensive side of the ball that didn't get as much credit for the right reasons. You had the Hawks, you had you know so much talent on that offense, but I think the reality was that the, uh, the defense has some pretty daggone good talent as well.
4: Peter, that's a good point. we got Daryl Green uh, at corner, um, Dexter Manley, uh, mm. very good. Okowitz and Milan at uh, linebackers, very talented group. The ageless Daryl Green. Uh, that guy yeah. played, forever. He played forever. Yeah, he
2: was incredible, wasn't he? And a
4: wonderful person, Dave. Yeah, I mean, just a first-class guy. That's the one thing that I noted when I got out there. Everybody was once you made the team and and you knew that or they knew you're going to be around. It was much more user friendly with with the with the other players, and we certainly appreciated that. And Jacoby and Grimm and Bostic and those guys were just wonderful guys.
2: Does it make a, does it make a difference with that extra week? This is some, it's something that I always wonder about in, in terms of preparation. Cause I feel like, and, and you guys both have way more football experience than I do. So I'll say that with a caveat, mm-hmm. but it feels like that extra week sometimes can almost, you can focus on the wrong things. You can almost over prepare for a game. Is that something that can happen? As you had that extra week getting ready for yeah, it? Yeah, I
4: don't. I think it, it lets the body heal a little bit more. You get two yeah. weeks of rest after going through seventeen weeks of collisions. <laughs> it uh, your body's going to be a lot better, and your preparation. The that's a long time to get ready for one team, mm-hmm. but they're, uh I think it's more beneficial to have time off to have players heal, and then and then get their best results uh, two weeks out.
3: Ray, did you have any of the guys on the team that you were worried about because of all the fun they might be having in San Diego before the kickoff of the game? Well, Dexter
4: comes to mind, but I think they had a chaperone for him and made sure that uh, made sure that the eight thirty bed check was uh, was certainly. You know how close Tijuana is down there, so you can certainly go and and work, connect with somebody from the Chamber of Commerce and walk around. <laughs> Oh, but man. no, everybody behaved. I think you go back to Peter. The fact that it's a, a veteran group of guys that were there mm-hmm. on a business trip, and it, it's it, we carried ourselves. It was it was a good group, good group of, of veteran players that kind of over, watched everybody, which was important.
2: Ray Hitchcock, our guest here uh, this morning on the um, on John Chester Coldwell Banker Hotline. Ray, is there one story that you can tell us of Super Bowl <laughs> week? Those two weeks. <laughs> where you went, oh boy, you know what, this is what I'm going to hang on to for a really long time. Maybe it won't ever get told, or maybe it will.
4: You know, I think the the experience you had post when we won, we're in the locker room, and just the joy of, of seeing, especially the coaching staff, uh, Coach Gibbs was a wonderful man and, and just a great coach and had surrounded himself with great coaching. Bugle and Charlie Taylor and Richie Pettibone, all those guys were Part of a, a long-standing staff with uh, with Coach Gibbs, and they just you could you could see the joy with those guys, and it was a it was a pretty fun two hours in that locker room afterwards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Ray, I, we greatly appreciate your time you this bet, morning. Guys. Thank you. Enjoy the Super Bowl, uh, and, and thanks for the fun stories and the fun chat. Appreciate I've it. I've got to
4: share one story with you. I did this oh, sports huddle back in 1985. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Well, Sid had uh, Foggy and I in, in studio, uh-huh. and then he took us over to the Rosewood room for Ooh. brunch. And Foggy and I probably had five bucks between us. And so we step in there, scared to death we're going to have to pick up the check, but I want to confirm that Sid did buy us brunch that day. How
2: about it? He had a bigger expense account than we did. <laughs> right. I'll go to Waffle House with Pete. There you go. Hey, I love House. How times have changed, right? How times have changed. Exactly. I love it. Thanks so much, Ray.
3: On on the money that Sid was pulling out of that pocket.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Ray, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Ray. Ray Hitchcock, former NFLer, St. Paul native, played for the Gophers. Uh, played in it was in the super bowl didn't play talked about that injury but some fun stories this morning pete uh we are we're running late but ray was worth it it was great we'll yeah. come back we'll chat about some more super bowl stuff as well you're listening to the huddle on news talk 830 WCCO.
1: well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Huddle. Some great my one of my favorite things other than
2: food and the commercials during the Super Bowl, Pete, are the prop bets. I love oh, yeah. the prop bets. Some of them are very serious. So I, I I'm going to give you I'm curious what you think of some of the serious ones that okay. I have found here. This is these are from the FanDuel Sportsbook and then we'll talk about some of the ones that are just absolutely ridiculous. So um obviously you have the winners and it's it's Chiefs or Eagles and I don't even think we've talked about our prediction yet by the way. Who do you think is going to win?
3: Oh, man, that is such a difficult question. I will (laughs) tell you this. I I do lean towards Kansas City, but here's why. Um, I think Philadelphia is incredible. We all know the defense is as good as any defense. They were number one in just about every category you could name. Um, But when you look at Kansas City, they were pretty much number one in every offensive category that you could list. So Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to – experience where kansas city's got the experience and you've got a lot of very young talented players at philadelphia no doubt about it i mean across everywhere you look there is talent but it just makes me lean a little bit more towards kansas city that in this big moment and it's a huge moment and if it gets too big for those guys if you suddenly have a turnover here or a turnover there which i think could happen jalen hurts has put the ball on the ground yeah. Five times this year with fumbles. He's thrown a couple of interceptions. Not bad with interceptions. I think it's six. But, you know, I think when you're in a big moment like that, every once in a while you press. And when you do that, if if Kansas City can get that ball at the right side of the stadium, uh, I think that they really could be the winner of this game. So I lean towards Kansas City because of their
2: experience. So who scores the first touchdown? Here's your choices, <laughs> at, least on, at least on a, a, a site called VegasInsider.com first touchdown Travis Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, Isaiah Pacheco, I think it's Pacheco, right? Miles mm-hmm. Sanders, AJ Brown or other and I'll give you the odds. Kelsey is plus 700, Hurts is plus 800. Pacheco and Sanders are and and AJ Brown are all uh, plus 850. Do you mm-hmm. like anyone on that list?
3: I do. I like Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's yeah. probably the most unknown, underrated guy, maybe on that football team for Kansas City, because you know we all know Mahomes, and then you know you you start going through all the various players and Travis Kelsey and everything. But Pacheco stepped in this year as a guy who's almost at that Mister Irrelevant, you know, area. He was yep. the 251st pick in the seventh round of the draft. Wow. I mean. So this guy is just about right there and had a great year. He's averaging five yards a carry. I think he's kind of that guy that people do forget about because you've got to obviously check out what, what the wide receivers are doing, what specifically Travis Kelsey is doing, and I think that leaves an opening for Pacheco, so I'm going to go with him.
2: I like that call a lot, Pete, because, and we've talked about this already, but in the Super Bowl, it's often, and really in any championship game or series, right, your, your top guys get canceled out so to speak by the other team's top guys and it's yep. a player that that maybe doesn't get as many touches or or just is is not uh accounted for like the others who ends up having success so i like that as well all right let's do super bowl mvp you've got jalen hurts patrick mahomes mm-hmm. travis kelsey a.j brown devonta smith uh hurts is one plus 110 mahomes plus the 30 130 Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey plus twelve hundred, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, uh, and so on. It's twenty four hundred. Mm-hmm. Who do you like?
3: You know what? I think the the realistic long shots are somebody maybe like a a, a Kelsey or an AJ Brown, um, because you know we all know it goes towards the quarterbacks. So that they're always. always the focal point. But yep. I would I'll give you a long shot one that I love, uh, Darius Slay. And the reason I say that is. Ooh if if he gets an interception or two and if he does something with it for instance an interception for a touchdown something like the raiders did against the vikings mm-hmm. years ago but uh i think that one's a plus 10,000 or something like that so it's a long shot but uh, you know i think that the the defense and the pass defense for philadelphia that's their strength by the way and and i think that's another reason why pacheco i think has a great advantage in this game because they're good against the run, not great. They're great against the pass. They got seventy sacks. They've done all these great things, you know, the number of yards that they give up, but they are susceptible for the running game. So but if that ball's in the air and Darius Slade gets a chance to get it, uh you never know. We've seen cornerbacks actually become MVPs on a couple Larry of games Brown. Yeah, Larry, Larry Brown. Yeah. Larry Brown
2: in Dallas. That that's the one I always think about is Super Bowl, I think it was Super Bowl thirty, right? Super Bowl thirty he was the uh yeah, uh corner in Dallas, uh Became the MVP of the game. All right. Now let's get to the real bets, the fun stuff. <laughs> the which fun stuff, company? These come from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We all know how people, how much we love Philadelphia around here. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. which, which company has the first commercial after kickoff? This is not a real bet. It's just fun. Doritos, avocados from Mexico, Taco Bell, M&M's, Gary Barber. I don't know. Maybe that's a local company. Hellman's, Budweiser, or other. <laughs> Gosh,
3: that's kind of difficult. I'd yeah. i lean towards Budweiser or Taco Bell, to be honest with you. It, by the way, Dave, you're going to love this. I got an interesting one for you. Twenty okay. percent of the U.S. population, twenty percent of the entire U.S. population, will be betting on this game, and they're estimating at about sixteen billion dollars, which is. Twice what it was last year of of money that will be a part of the betting pools this year. So from a financial perspective, just give that a little bit of a thought. I mean, that's an amazing number. Is
2: that because there's just more options now to gamble, so there's more money and more people? Or is it because the NFL really, after the last couple of years, finally embraced sports gambling?
3: Um, I think it's a combination of both of those things and the fact that yeah. look at the, look at the numbers this year that they were able to attain from, from, uh, from the, the playoff games, uh, just staggering numbers of people watching yeah. those games and everything. So I think, you know, you combine all of that, but I think the main one is what you just said. I, I think the, the NFL essentially embracing the betting world has really given it a, a huge lift, no doubt.
2: Alright, I'm gonna give you real quick before we run out of time. I I wanna give you two of my favorites and you tell me. Okay, this was my favorite one from the article. How many times will, how many times will Tom Brady be mentioned on the broadcast between kickoff and the final buzzer? I think the line is low. They said it at one and a half times. It's over under. I'm going over by multiple. Oh. Multiple. I would jump on that
3: with you so fast you can't even yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean not just that he's coming to the broadcast, but it it'll be that he was Mr, you know, that he was picked in the 6th round or yep. what is that the tuck rule? I mean that's three right there you know are going to come up. Right? Sure, oh my sure. gosh. All and right.
3: Some of the historic uh historic Super Bowls that he played in. I mean Oh yeah, there's that too. I
2: mean he was a phenomenal <laughs> football player. Yes, there's that too. Right. Uh, yeah. What will Rihanna's opening song be, Pete? Are you a big Rihanna fan? I am not.
3: Uh, I, I have nothing against her, but uh, yes, you know. And I think they probably went the right direction because they went with somebody yeah, yeah. that is a they're a known for most people. I'm just not yeah. one of them. But uh, all right, uh, how about, I'll shoot this one back at you? How long does the, the national anthem take with Chris Stapleton at the at the helm? What do you think? Isn't of that it one? Us- so?
2: So I think they usually. Set it at, what, a minute or, or a minute and a half, two-something? Two it's two-something, right, usually? Well, it's right about two minutes.
3: They had him earlier, at least, at a minute twenty 25 seconds. So I'm going to go
2: over. It sounds like you're going over, too. I yeah, think. I, I would go over a buck 25. I mean, this, this is, yeah. and Chris Stapleton is a pro, and but this is, yep. you know, and it's funny, too, because they always, I've noticed this, and any, any performer, right, you're going to have the nerves. So the first part of the anthem is kind of quick cuz maybe they're not yeah. quite in it but then then you're feeling the flow, you're relaxed, you're and the rock yeah, and you're really <laughs> punching it and and you know and then it starts to it starts to spread out. So yeah, I'll take the over. All right, I yeah. I love prop bets. I hope everybody out there uh if you have them, have some fun tonight. If you if you're going to have some fun ones uh, at your party, please let us yeah. know. And what is your as we have all morning, we're talking about our favorite Super Bowls. Please do let us know yours, 651 9226 It's the city one, cities one plumbing talk and text line. You can call, you can text us. How far away are the Vikings from making the Super Bowl? How far? We're going to talk about that sometime here in the next couple hours on the huddle. We'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the huddle. Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian. Let us know what your favorite Super Bowl was. 651 651- I lost it. There it is. 651-461-9226, Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. We've talked about our Super Bowls this morning. We had Ray Hitchcock on uh, this hour as well, which was he, he was great. If you missed it, uh, head over uh, to WCCORadio.com and make sure you get uh, that pod on the podcast. Uh, Ray Hitchcock, and I believe that I'm told that told that is up now. So if you missed any of our interview with Ray Hitchcock, he was great. Uh Pete, we talked a little we're gonna talk next hour, I think a bit about how far the Vikings are from the Super Bowl, but one of the big decisions in order to get them started that way is what they're gonna do with Adam Thielen. It sounds like uh in, in he was on uh, Pat McAfee, who's I know you're a big fan of Pat McAfee. You were on he was on with him this week, Adam Thielen was. Mm-hmm. And the subject came up about what he was gonna do about his contract. And he said, I basically alluded to the fact that the Vikings are going to try to restructure it. And and Ooh. we have talked about this at length before on our show how I feel about restructuring, specifically about this one. And and I'll say this, I don't blame this regime for doing it, right? Because Quesito Fomenza and and Kevin O'Connell to a degree. They they didn't make this contract, right? They didn't they didn't they're not the one that gave Adam Thielen this money. Yeah. Uh, they, he was restructured last year, so this is now the second straight year that he would have to be restructured. He carries the second highest cap hit on the team, and and his numbers don't add up, right? They they just don't. Right. He was the 16th highest salary for wide receivers in the NFL. He was 50th in terms of yards receiving. They don't match up. His targets were less last year. His stats were down. I'll say this. I hate this because I hate when teams admit Basically, that they said, they're now saying to him, we gave you this contract, but we now screwed up on projecting your worth and we Mm -hmm. want to change it. Now, this isn't this regime's problem, but this is why when people get angry, Oh, why did this player leave to go get more money? Why did he go elsewhere? He's just after the money. He's just Mm -hmm. after that price tag. He doesn't care about winning. No, if these guys don't get their money when they can, there is never a guarantee. That they're going right. to get it, even if the contract is guaranteed because mm-hmm. of things like this. Because Adam Thielen got his well-deserved payday after he had two really great seasons and he, and coming out of college, he wasn't, you know, he was, we all know the story, not drafted, you know, tried out, got his big contract, Minnesota guy, love it. Yep. But you cannot get mad at your players and you certainly can't get mad at Adam Thielen if he decides not to do that and because another team will give him more money than the Vikings will to play there and and be a more focal part of their offense because you're not guaranteed you're the money that you're promised in the NFL you're not yeah <laughs> and this is proof of that and so this mm-hmm. idea that if he walks and they, oh he's just after his payday no mm-hmm. he's after what he feels like he's worth and he's after what the Vikings felt he was worth 4 years ago and now I've sure. decided he's not, and this kind of yeah. thing drives me batting, Pete.
3: Yeah, understandably so. But it but it is what football has become, right? I right. mean, it's it's a matter mm-hmm. of you know the negotiations as you go throughout your career. And Adam, obviously, like you, did, you know, put out there, free agent kid, got his opportunity, got a couple of big contracts along the way. This one being very big. And the problem is, you know, exactly what's happening, which is, well, he, he's one of the guys that you just wonder, can can you afford to have him when you've got some pretty good receivers already? I, mean, I think that the rise of KJ Osborne, not, I'm not saying that he's unbelievable right. or anything else, but you already got Justin Jefferson. We've got ourselves a tight end. We, we, we have KJ on the other side. And so can they maybe have somebody else? And as you mentioned, Adam somewhere probably closer right. to top fifty than he is yeah. top sixteen. So the pay is a little bit over, but you know that's not his problem. That's that's really the problem that he has to deal with with the team. I wouldn't blame him at all if he decided to go anywhere else. I don't think anybody should. Um, but at the same time, it sounds to me like he almost wants to negotiate and stay here and and finish his career with the Minnesota Vikings.
2: Well, yes, and and listen, that's a smart play for him, right? Because yeah. Adam Thielen will never have to worry. He could probably run for public office if he stays here, <laughs> or 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 have a very successful line of car dealerships, or do television, whatever he wants to do. But here's yeah. my initial thought, Pete, and and I want your I, I want your expertise on this because you've been in NFL locker rooms as a player. I've only been a, as a media goofball. Um, <laughs> when his situation happens? Because what will happen is essentially. We will they will take money out of Adam Thielen's check to put into Justin Jefferson's check. Because that's the only yeah. way they can afford him, right? That's what this is about. Yep. They're gonna mm-hmm. give Justin Jefferson they're probably gonna make him the he deserves to be the highest paid wide receiver in football. And that mm-hmm. money's coming out of Adam Thielen's check no matter what way you look at it. Yep. Will there be an animosity? I mean, if I'm sitting for me, if I'm sitting in that locker room and I've put in my time, I've done the work, I've I've risen up to get my money. And then you're going to take it away from me. Now, Justin Jefferson is more, I, I'm realistic. He's more talented. Yep. He's got a higher upside. He had a much better season than me the last two. But
0: mm-hmm. you're
2: taking money from my check and giving it to him. How am I not just a little ticked off that that's happening? <laughs> Does that happen?
3: Well, he, I, I, the answer is actually it should be no because it, it's a known in the NFL. We all yeah. we all know what you've got to do. and. You know, it comes down to Dalvin Cook. It comes down to Adam Thielen. It comes down to Eric Kendrickson. Do they want to do what they need to do if they want to stay here, or they got to jump ship? And, you know, I I don't think that, I think it's just all part of the game itself. And I think everybody understands that. So I don't think Adam would, would have any, you know, ill feelings at all for JJ because he understands, hey, this is the way it goes. This guy needs to get paid. He's the best player. Offensive player in the NFL. He just got this great award. So, you know, we, we all watch and we know exactly what Justin's capable of doing. So I think because of all those reasons, Adam understands exactly where the money is going to come from, <laughs> from his side of, over to JJ, along with some other players as well.
2: Well, I'm a selfish player. That's what that's what we figured out. I'm a I'm a me first kind of guy. That's what I am always. No. All right, let we'll hey, let's pick this up again in the second hour because I like this conversation to where it's headed. We'll talk more about it. We'll talk about him hiring Brian Flores this week as well as what the Vikings need to do to get to the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We got hour number two of the huddle rolling on after this.